such a cool song when it comes to meaning and depth and so forth. All of this, all of this can be yours. All of this, all of this can be yours. All of this, just give me what I want. No one gets hurt. Of course, that's Satan talking to Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4 and the temptations of Jesus. And of course, we know that's not true. Satan lies. People will be hurt when we do the wrong thing. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that even though we know that, and oftentimes even though we know what's behind some temptations, uh, that sometimes we just fall right in there anyway. You know, for all of us, there's a leaning towards certain actions, towards certain thoughts that left unchecked could cause and bring great pain to us and oftentimes to many others. And temptations come in many forms. Often at the core of the greatest temptations is, is something that that's a, that's, has a healthy thing to it, has a healthy appetite to it. Let me, let me explain what I mean. Some of those things that can get distorted or even become obsessive, become wrong. Um, at the core, sex. Nothing wrong with sex. We're going to talk about that. Um, I don't know when we're going to talk about that. It's in the, it's in the program in a few weeks. I just want to know when you people are going to quit voting for that sermon. I mean, I did it three years ago. Every summer, it's like one of the top three vote-getters. It's like, enough, all right? How much do you need to know? Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, it's a very important subject, actually. Um, but at, 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 there's nothing wrong with it in the proper boundaries of which God gave us. It's wonderful. But obviously, when it gets outside of those boundaries, it becomes a very damaging, oh gosh, terrible thing. Amazing as that is. Kind of like the old saying, sex screws up everything. Uh, um, Ambition. Ambition's a good thing. Until it turns to greed. And power hungry. Manipulation. Food, that's a great thing. We all know of the abuses that can take place, though, when we give in to more temptation than we should when it comes to food. Um, Stopping pain. Pain's a terrible thing. I hate pain. But you know, one of the bad things about that is there are things that we can do to stop that pain temporarily, but it works. I was with a friend the other day. We played golf, and, and, uh, um, and, uh, you know... He's older than me, back back was hurting because he's playing golf. Some of us who are younger don't care about that. But but uh, he was he was older and he was having some back pain. And we walked in and he grabbed. He said, "Give me a I don't know what it was, a vodka, a double vodka or something." And um, and what he didn't drink too much or anything like that. But I was like, "What are you doing that for?" He said, "You know, I got a pain in my back, and it's amazing how alcohol goes right to it." He says, "And, and that's a good thing, but it's a very bad thing too." And and certainly I said, "That's how that yeah." We both talked how that. Oftentimes, this isn't the only way that he gets abused, but, but many times. You know, stopping pain is a good thing. But it's what happens oftentimes when we go to too to many great... And you know, it's not just physical pain. Sometimes it's emotional pain. And maybe it may not just be alcohol or drugs. It might be um, relationships that are just wrong or out of the boundaries of what, what would be best. Happiness, great thing. It's another great, good core Value that's good to have. But again, the temptation oftentimes to find that in places that we, that we shouldn't and that will eventually, ultimately be painful, it's a bad thing. Security. I love security. 
One thing about security is it's, a, it's an elusive thing. And sometimes people go to great extents, again, sometimes crossing the line of right and wrong to find security. If not financial security, emotional security, or some other kind of thing. Here's the best temptations. This is what I want you to see. The best temptations are those things that have at their base a healthy appetite that goes awry somewhere. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. We talk about avoiding spiritual vertigo. And I want to begin by just talking about, you know, when you don't know which way is up and down and, and up and round and, and right or wrong. I want to talk really about, I want to begin by just talking about, and I want to kind of give you a little introduction to this a little longer and then just give you three real quick things to help you overcome to deal with some of these temptations that can happen in all of our lives. Transitory nature of, tra- of, of temptation. I just want to talk about that a minute. I've already been talking about it. The transitory nature of temptation. The nature of your personal temptations can change throughout your life and they can change throughout the seasons of your life. Things that you may be tempted to do when you're 19 years old or 18 years old, when you get, when you get to be 40 or 50, you may not be tempted to do, but things that you're tempted to do when you're 40 or 50, you may not have been when you were 19 or 18 or 20 or whatever. And maybe that has change of life, maybe that has to do with security, maybe that has to do with other kinds of issues, just, just life's, um, life's problems and so forth. A temptation is anything that can lead us to do something or to become dependent upon something that will ultimately be unhealthy to our well-being, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Just think about that for a moment. It's anything that can lead us to do something or become dependent upon something that will ultimately be unhealthy to our well-being, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, The thing or the person, as I've already said, may not be bad in and of itself. Uh, and, and, and again, I just want to, there are many kinds of temptations, as we just have seen on the screen. Um, let me just go through a bunch, just, just, just a little grocery list here of temptations. And you can think of, there are, of course are the obvious ones, the chemical dependencies, whether that be alcohol or drugs or prescription or whatever. Um, there are many, there's sexual, there's food, there's new cars, there's more clothes, there's shoe, more shoes, there's, more, uh, there's, there's new homes, bigger homes, second homes. New golf clubs? Who put that in it? Uh, plasma high-def TVs? New computers? More computers? Money? More money? Security? All of these things, again, are things, they're not bad, but when some of those things come in certain ways, with, you know, dressed in, this is, this is the answer, to, I have that, and I'm going to be happy. Whether that be a different husband or wife, or whether that be a different car or whether it be a different whatever it happens to be a new job you know or maybe the next bracket of income if that's going to if i that's going to put me that's going to put me over the top it becomes a temptation and it can become unhealthy because then when it doesn't deliver the goods you're like i thought i was going to get fulfillment here and and, and it's and it's not temptation can lead us to do things that can satisfy in the short term Temptations can cause us to cling to old habits. This is what's the really tricky thing. They can cause us to cling to old habits and lifestyles that are destructive, but it's easier. Because it's become, isn't it amazing how people can get comfortable with something, a particular lifestyle, that is, that's wrong? Maybe it's a codependent relationship. I, one, one of the, and this is an extreme example, but I, I, we can relate 
to other things too. The classic thing that we see oftentimes portrayed, particularly um, in, uh, in media, and, and unfortunately some of us have seen it firsthand, is an abusive relationship. And people say, why, why would you go back into that abusive relationship? Well, it's comfortable. Well, that's pretty pathetic, isn't it? That it can be. It can be. It can be. But again, that's the temptation. That's wrong, obviously. Sometimes you've got to get really people to understand that. Temptations can be very revealing. Sometimes you're tempted to do something and you're thinking, my gosh, where did that come from? Thomas Kempis put it this way, we usually know what we can do, but temptation shows us who we are. You ever ever thought about doing something where you just kind of step back from it? I can't believe that thought even came to me. You know? Um, Shakespeare put it this way, temptation is the fire that brings up the scum of the heart. <laughs> I wish I'd said that. Um, actually, I wish I had said a lot of things that Shakespeare said. But uh, isn't that a great thought? I mean, not a great thought. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great use of words, but it's a, it's a horrible thought. It's true. It's true. Temptation, and I want to just make this statement very quickly, temptation is not sin. Sometimes we get tempted and we think, oh, I can't believe I'm tempted. I'm a horrible, depraved, piece of pond scum sinner. You know, that doesn't make you a a, a horrible person because you're tempted. The truth is it doesn't make you a horrible person if you give in to that temptation. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment because we all have at one level or another in certain ways. But we, we need to see that temptation is not... The things that tempt us just reveal our inner struggles. And we need to see that. And, and they, they only have the ability, and we need to understand this, to bring temporary fulfillment. At worst, keep us anesthetized, if I can say that word, um, sort of with whatever the fulfillment de jour happens to be for that particular time. Whether that be a material thing or, or something else. But the result will be that we will keep trying to fill that God-shaped vacuum that is in all of our heart with something new, something different, something bigger, something better. That's where temptation can lead us. And that's where it can really lead us astray. So I'm going to give you three things, very quickly, very simple. Three very, uh, not a formula, very simple thoughts that I want you just to kind of use and I'm going to go to the Bible and see these things and just kind of give these to you and, and just kind of let you deal with it, all right? Three principles that can help in your and my dealing with temptations. Verses I've used in my own life many times. And, uh, and, and certainly I would, uh, I would think you could too. The first principle is what I call the greater inner strength concept. And that is when you become a follower of Christ... God gives us an an ability inwardly that's greater than ourselves at times to be able to resist certain things and certain temptations. And it's amazing those times when we do have those good moments and we do resist. We're like, wow, how did I do that? I believe it's the greater inner strength concept that comes. Let me show you. Before I read you from the Bible, let me show you what Seneca, Roman philosopher, uh, dramatist said, I love this thought. We should every night call ourselves to an account. What infirmity have I mastered today? What passions opposed? What temptation resisted? What virtue acquired? Our vices will abate of themselves if they be brought every day to the shrift. I'm an old way of saying it. Brought every day in a way to deal with it. 
Now, I want to add to what, what Seneca said here, and it's very simple. And you know what it is? He's right. The only problem is, I don't think we can all do that. I don't think any of us can do that without this greater inner strength concept that comes from a relationship with God. Let me show you, the, let me show you in the Bible, the Apostle's talking about this whole thing in Ephesians chapter 3 in the New Testament. And he says this, just a couple of verses. He says this, I pray that from His, speaking of God, His glorious unlimited resources, He will give you mighty inner strength through His Holy Spirit. Now, glory be to God. By His mighty power at work within us, He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would, than we would ever dare to ask or to hope. God gives us the ability to move beyond our own selfish, pathetic selves when we allow him to. To get beyond our own selfish desires, our own what I want, what I think, our own manipulations to try to make things about me and what I'm trying to do or whatever. God can give us the power to do that. And i, I got to tell you, sometimes you might muster up enough strength to do that. Sometimes I've mustered up enough strength, but none of us can muster up enough strength to do that on a consistent basis without God working inside of us. It's the greater inner strength concept that comes from a relationship with God. Let me show you a second thing. That's the first one, the greater inner strength concept. Second thing is what I call the great escape clause. I like this. The great escape clause. What's the great escape clause? It's very simple. That is this. You ever been in a temptation? You ever had something happening to you? And maybe, maybe, maybe your world is falling down around you. And you've got all kinds of stuff going on. And, and you're tempted to lie, steal, cheat. You're tempted to, 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 you know, to massage the truth, change the facts a little bit, just, just a little bit. You're, changed, you're tempted to do this. And you're tempted to do that. And you're tempted to, to kind of duck out from, from some of the things that are going on around you. And, and you're just like, I'm just, I am just so overwhelmed. Maybe the temptation is something that's tangible. Maybe it's a person of the opposite sex. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a uh, you know, I don't know how some of you, some of you that work with money, I, I don't, maybe it's a column over here that nobody's ever going to see that you can just sort of dip into. I don't know if that's even possible or not. From what I understand, what I read in the news, apparently it is. Um, you need me in charge of your books because I don't know nothing, you know. One thing is I can't add and subtract, so you'd be in big trouble. But, but um Maybe it's a column over here and, and you can just kind of dip in. Maybe it's padding your expense account a little bit. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. Whatever, whatever that temptation happens to be to you. Maybe it's just a, something as simple as drinking too much or eating too much. You know, and you just really have this stuff going on. Here's what, here's what happens. Here's what's happened to me. And I, I'll speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else. Oftentimes, I've been in the midst of some of these temptations, and I've thought, man, nobody's had this kind of temptation before. I, I don't know how I can do this. Nobody's had this. This is tough, man. You know, it's kind of like the old song, you know, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Sorry. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You know, that old thing, that, that old spiritual. I felt like that many times. Maybe you have. Well, we got some verses for you here. All right? Just two. I call it the great escape clause. It comes from Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Puts it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you think you are standing strong, be careful, for you too may fall into the same sin. Hmm. That's interesting. 
But remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, when you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. It's there for us. Sometimes you may ask the question, okay, God, how long are you going to wait before I can see a way out of this? It's a legitimate question to ask. Bible promises there will be a way out. The way out may be simply something as easy, to, as simply, not easy, but simple, simply saying no. The temptation, or the, the, the way out may be something as simply as geographically just moving. Talking to somebody just recently about about temptations and so forth, and they told me about some temptations that a that a friend had been going through. And in this case, it was of, of the opposite sex and so forth. And and um, and it was, a, it was a pretty tough situation. He said, "What would you do in that situation, Rich?" And I said, "Well, I don't know what I would do. I don't want to know what I would do. And the truth is, I'm not going to get there in that particular situation to find out what I would do because I know what I'm made of. Okay, and it's not always strong." So sometimes the whole temptation and the way out is just don't even get in that position. Don't even put yourself in a position to be, oh, I'm strong, yeah? Well, if you think you're standing strong, be careful, for you too may fall into the same sin. The Bible says that. So sometimes it's something as elementary as just saying, you know what, I'm not going to put myself in that position. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good thought. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Because of business or whatever, you, you have to be in some of those situations. That's when you rely on verses like this. God will always provide a way out. The great escape clause, number two. Number three, one of my favorites. All three of these are my favorites, actually. And I, na- I use this naming this after the new thing that goes on. You know, it's kind of interesting. I love this point that I'm about to tell you. I don't like the... the t- one of the things I don't particularly care for, and you're gonna, I'm going to hear about this, but when I... You know, back in the day, so to speak, and we were playing baseball and football. You know what? If we got beat, we just got beat. And if they beat us 80 to nothing, they beat us 80 to nothing. There was none of this little pansy stuff called the mercy rule, okay? Sorry, just halfway kidding about that. Uh, but now, we have a, now we're politically correct, and we have a mercy rule, in effect. And if you get 10 runs ahead by the fifth inning, they say, okay, the game's over. I'm like, hey. I could score 10 runs in one inning. You know, what's the deal? Anyway, a little personal thing there, a little personal commentary on, uh, on the news of the day. More important than that, much more important. And, and, and trust me, I understand why it's there in time. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding, only half. There is a thing that I really do like called the mercy rule, though. It was originated by God. And it's for us in the Scripture. And I have gone here many times and will. Till the day I die. Okay? Third thing. First thing, greater inner strength concept. Second thing, the great escape clause. The third thing, the mercy rule. The mercy rule. Sometimes you give in. Sometimes you just give up. You quit trying. You screw up and you give in. It may be in a situation where all the world will know. Wouldn't you have hate to have been one of those people who, whether it be WorldCom or now tragically Enron or or one of, the, one of those places where the whole world's reading about your screw-up. Wouldn't that be horrible? Sometimes the whole world will see it. Sometimes those in your world will only see it. That's bad. 
enough. Sometimes nobody will know. Except you and God. And here's the deal on that. The mercy rule still takes effect. Relying on grace and mercy as believers should be our, in computer language, default mode. Okay? Let me show you what I mean. Great passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. This is, I don't know who wrote Hebrews, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but here, here's what he says. This is why we have a great high priest. He's speaking of Jesus. This is why we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. I love that. For he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, let us come boldly to the throne of our glorious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. This is the mercy rule that we, this is God forgiving us. Now, obviously, you do certain things, there are certain consequences that you've got to deal with. That, that's, not, that's not talking about that. You know, if you, if you cook the books and and you and you you know messed over a lot of people and you got a bazillion dollars out of it and and you finally come clean with God he'll forgive you you're still going to have to deal with your sin okay and that's one of the issues that we need to understand whatever it happens to be but the cool thing the great thing here is that in God's eyes there is forgiveness there's no he he doesn't he doesn't wink he doesn't blink he doesn't wince he says you're forgiven it's the mercy rule so when the temptation hits, yeah, there is that greater inner strength rule. I got the inner strength that God gives me internally to overcome this. There's the great escape clause. If I just look for it, God's going to provide an escape somehow, some way. And there's the, I did it. I gave in. And there's that, on my knees, I pray, God, forgive me. And thank you for your grace, and for your mercy. And we need it all. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are thankful. So thankful. For something that we, too many times, might even take for granted. The mercy, the grace, the forgiveness that we have in you. God, we thank you for Jesus who made that possible. We thank you for Christ who who made it possible that we could have have this greater inner strength, that we can have this escape, and then when all else fails, we have this, this mercy clause. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for the grace that we have in Jesus and how he came and, and suffered and died and rose again, not only to forgive our sins and to give us eternal life, but to give us the ability to live better here on earth as well. We thank you for that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.